0: Hi, Rod Rorick, board certified plastic surgeon from Dallas, Texas. Welcome back to Rorick Knows Podcast. Today we're gonna talk about all the questions I've received in the last month about fat grafting. Fat grafting is a hot topic in all of plastic surgery and beyond. So let's get right into it. There's so many things to talk about, and these are just some of the questions that I've gotten uh, over the past four to five weeks on fat grafting from my patients and my social media sites. So the first question is, why is fat grafting so popular today in plastic surgery? Well, I think the simple answer is, fat grafting is the best filler by far. It's your own fat, you know, you can put it almost anywhere and you know, won't reject it, and half of it will last a long time. So it's it's very safe to do. You know, that's the good side. The, bottom, the, bo- the downside is that you know, you have to do it in a sterile environment, and most of the time I like to do it in the operating room. So it's very popular, and it's been used for a long time, especially in in the head and neck area, in the face, and also in the breast. So so this southern, second question is, where do you put the fat, and how do you know when to use it in the face? Well, the most important thing about the face as we age, fat is the architectural structure for a youthful face. So when you have a youthful face, that gives you that robust, full look. So as we age, and I described how people age, we lose facial fat compartments, and there's several different fat compartments, both deep and superficial, and that's really what makes us age. So it's a very important question, and a key integral part of facial rejuvenation is the addition of fat. A modern facelift really is, you must have fat in that, uh, in that component uh, of facial aging correction. It's not only the, the lifting, it's the filling. Hence the lift and fill facelift. So here's, the, here's another question. Is it true that when we lose fat as we age and how do we replace it? And or can we use fillers instead? Well, it is definitely true that as we age, we selectively lose fat in our central face, our outer face, our temples. And you can just see that when you look at somebody as they age and you look at your own photos, you go, wow, you know, I, I was looking pretty good when I was 20. And then when you look at yourself and you're 40 and you've lost temple fat, eyelid fat, and you know, you just look a little more tired. And so, yes. Yeah, so, the key is you want to replace like with like, and that's what we do in plastic surgery. and that there's nothing better than your own fat. So if we can get fat off the shelf, and there is some ways where you are, we're trying to do that, that's the best thing to do. Can you use fillers instead? Of course you can. There are a lot of safe fillers available, the hyaluronic acid fillers, which are more or less biodegradable, but they're not as good as your own fat. And I'll, we'll go into that in a little bit more later. So how long do fat grafts last? Another excellent question I get all the time, fat grafts last about, well, first of all, it depends on where you put them and where you harvest them. But in general, about half of the fat grafts that you put in, because they have a lot of stem cells in it and stromal framework, about half of it lasts a long, long time. The other half will dissipate over about a year. So fat grafting is a very powerful technique, but you have to be able to gauge how much you'll gain, how much you'll lose, and and it also varies in the the parts of the face and body you put it. And sometimes facial fat can go away fairly rapidly, especially in patients that are more athletic or have a high metabolic rate. So so it varies, but in general, you can retain about 50% of your fat for a year or more, and sometimes a lot longer. So to so where is the best donor site? In general, where, where is it? It actually is in the inner thighs. You know, I do a lot of facial rejuvenation. So my preferential fat graft donor site is the inner thighs, lower abdomen, or the flanks. They are both have a higher density of stem cells or smaller fat cells. So I like to use that, especially the inner thighs. And it has less uh, minimal downtime and, and minimal discomfort. And, of course, it should be done in the OR or very sterile atmosphere, and I think that's my preference. I, I primarily do fat harvesting in, in the operating room. I usually do not like to do it outside the operating room because it's a sterile procedure. So I like to do all of that in the operating room. So it does add an extra step to that. But th- that's a good question. And then. What are the risks of fat grafting? I mean, fat grafting, it's your own tissue. So the risks are really minimal, infection and bleeding and things like that. But the biggest thing about fat grafting is, you know, you you really shouldn't over graft fat in the face at all. Because, you know, even though you'll lose 50 percent of it. You don't want to be over overdoing it. You'd rather come back and do it again. Now, in other areas of the body, you can overcorrect it, especially if you're in your uh, flanks or in buttock areas because you're going to lose 50% of it. But in the face, you have to be very careful because if you have excess fat in your face after fat grafting, that's a challenge to remove. So I, in general, rarely I ever overgraft, except in the massive weight loss patient in males and redo facial rejuvenation patients because they need a lot of fat grafting to make them look normal. And the other thing about fat grafting and facial rejuvenation is that it makes you look more youthful but also more natural. And I think that's the key thing. So. Here's another follow-up question that relates to something else that we had just talked about is what is the most common sites for fat grafting in a facelift patient well it is the inner thigh i prefer that over all others the flank is a second approach and the reason i like it is because there is minimal uh discomfort there you have minimal bruising uh, and then it's also a great harvesting area for small fat grafts so it's a very very powerful technique in that area so and then Another question that's very, very important here is, where do you lose fat first in the face? And then should you replace it when you're in your 30s or sooner? Well, I think those are all good, good questions. And I think we tend to lose fat beginning in our late 20s and around our eyes and our outer cheek areas and then in the temples. And you begin to see where people try and start filling those areas out in their 30s and 40s. And in general, they are usually using fillers first instead of fat. I mean, I have some purist patients that say, listen, I don't want that. I want my own fat. Or they'll use a, a derivative of a matrix called Renuva, which is made from donor fat. And, and that's really a great, great way to do it because it's taking donor fat and then you put it into these areas and it allows your fat to supplement. it. It's kind of like a honey, a honeycomb where you're basically putting in the matrix and then you're having your own fat come in. And we've talked about that before. So remember, a sign of usefulness is a sign that you're full. And that as we lose facial fat, as you can see in this lady, You age, and that makes you look older. And I think that's the most important thing. And we described that several years ago in in our journal, and it's really the science and theory behind facial aging that's so important to understand. And these are the fat compartments that we described. And basically, there's some deep ones and superficial ones. So when I look and analyze a patient for facial rejuvenation, I analyze their entire face based upon the facial fat compartments. So I'll re resupply the deep layers and then the superficial layers with different types of fat. The deep layers get bigger fat cells and the superficial ones get smaller ones. So we age differently in in the same anatomic layers. So aging occurs differently. The outer part of the face ages differently than the inner part of the face. And does it really restore facial shape? Yes. When you have a patient that ages from the outer to the inner aspect like you see in this uh, illustration here you can see that as we age we start looking older and older and I think that's really important to see and here's a, it's an example of a eight-year follow-up after a facelift on the left is somebody who had no facial fat grafting after their facelift and the one on the right had facial fat grafting now they're all eight years post-op but you can see there's a nice change here because these patients look dramatically different because the, the one that didn't have fat grafting had a facelift looks okay, but not great. But the one who was eight years after her facelift and did fat grafting looks amazing still at eight years. So facial fat grafting works, selective facial fat grafting works. That's important. It's an integral part of the modern facelift. And so fat compartments have truly transformed the modern facelift, bar none. Because in the past, people were just lifting or filling. Or lifting, and many times they were just lifting the superficial, or even the deep layers, and they were expecting to do the same thing over and over again and get different results. You know, that's the definition of insanity, as Albert Einstein said. So you would get very abnormal results. You get the over full, over pulled facelift, and overstretched skin. All these things that are terrible. They've really ruined uh, actors and actresses' lives because, you know, you shouldn't. A sign of a good face look just says, "Wow, you know, you look more useful. you more youthful. You know, you don't want to, you know, gee, I don't know who you are.' Till you sing, you know, and, you know, like this rendition of Kenny Rogers. And the key thing is, as plastic surgeons, our goal is face protection, not witness protection, and that's what we need to do. And and so a sign of 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 a great facelift is one like this that's after facial fat compartment augmentation with a lift and fill facelift, they look soft, they look natural, and they look youthful, and they don't look like they've had facelift surgery. That's the beauty of this. And that's the goal of plastic surgeons that do facelifts is you want to make them look more youthful, not different or like somebody else. And that's really a problem I see all the time. Another example of a a fairly young patient that has three years after her facial fat and a selective um, deep layer facelift, and she looks beautiful at three years. And that's really what you want to do. You want to lift the outer deep layers and you want to fill centrally. So that is the most important thing you want to do. So how long is it that it flat truly lasts? Well, it's a very important question. it varies in different patients in different areas of the body. In the face, I usually tell people it lasts, 50 to 70% of it lasts for a year or longer, and a lot of it will last a lot longer. But I put in small amounts of fat because a small amount of fat will look good a long time. And, and, but it can vary. You can, in some patients that have a high metabolic rate, you can lose a lot more of that fat. You can lose all of it in a year. But in most patients, you have a fifty to seventy percent retention rate, and and then what do you do after that? You either can supplement with more fat, or you can actually add fillers. And I prefer to do. It depends on the patient. Obviously, it's easier to add fillers in those areas, but I think the key is to is maintenance in these areas. You know, nothing lasts forever, and fat doesn't either, because again, you are starting to age the moment you put in the fat graft. Um, Now. We've talked about the face primarily, but where does it work? Does it work in other areas? Of course, you know, it's been used in the breast and body for a long time. And I think the, in the breast, you know, intermittently people have a fad where they are saying, okay, I don't want a breast augmentation with silicone or silicone implants, I just want fat. Well, we've been through that fad several times in my career, and, and the, pro, the bottom line is, it works a little bit sometimes, and at most you'll get one bra size change, but you can have problems with fat cysts and uh, lumps. And so I, I, I don't really like to do that because it's not consistent. You want to do an operation that works, that's reproducible and consistent. So fat grafting is a good supplement to a breast augmentation if you want to medialize the breast. If the patient says, I want more medial cleavage, you can add fat to an implant on, on the inner aspect of the, of the implant. So, and that's... This question here is that what if I want more cleavage in, in a breast dog? Well, the answer to that is fat augmentation is excellent for this because you can put in a bigger implant, but it won't give you more cleavage, but you can add fat in the medial part of the breast. and it, It's a beautiful option for that. And I think supplementing the use of fat with a breast dog can correct asymmetries, and and also with a mastopexy where you're reshaping the breast. So fat augmentation is a very powerful technique in breast surgery. And, and, and this is another question that actually I, I've just answered briefly before, is a fat augmentation alone for a breast dog. And I would say in general i try and discourage patients from that because it really won't give you even a cup size in in most cases so i would i would tell you that in general uh, breast augmentation alone with fat has suboptimal results and i I really don't like to i encourage people to seek other options for this including uh, you know an implant if possible and then what about in fat in body contouring well not only do we take fat out in body contouring, but in the, with the modern three-dimensional, high-definition lipocontouring that we see, you can not only reshape the body, you can give somebody their svelte um, abdominal wall, their arms, you can add fat in the areas, you can add fat in their pecs, and their deltoids, so they can look more muscular, and that's a very good and safe way to do it, but it must be done very incrementally, and you have to be very careful when you're injecting fat in the muscles especially in certain parts of the body, so you don't violate their blood supply. So it's it's, it's safe in the deltoids and the pectoralis areas. In other areas, it really requires a lot more finesse in the use of specialized ultrasound and things like that. So be careful. You need to really find an expert in three-dimensional contouring, somebody like Dr. Alfredo Hoyas that's just remarkably talented and does this all the time. And remember. The sign of an expert in any procedure is somebody who talks about it, who writes about it, teaches others, and Dr. Hoyas is one of them. He's a rock star. So can you inject fat in the muscle as it's now done in high-definition lipo? The answer is yes, if it's done correctly and in small volumes. And Dr. Hoyas and others have talked about this, especially in building up the deltoids, the pectoralis major, and and some of the other select muscles. But those areas, you can selectively put a a modest amount of fat in there to actually enhance your muscle definition safely. But know before you go. Find a true expert. So I think those were some really not only interesting, but very, very powerful questions that I received this month uh, on fat grafting from my social media channels and from my patients. And I think, in summary, fat is excellent. It's the best filler we have in the human body. It's your own fat. And it works consistently, and it's reproducible. It gives you beautiful, uh, nice, natural um, effect and natural results. The key is to not overdo it and that's why you need to find a board certified expert that actually is an expert in facial fat grafting that understands you know the science behind it how to harvest it correctly how to how to then prepare it and then put it back, you know, in in the patient's body in a in a seamless manner. So know before you go, and and uh, and as always, I always get a lot of questions and comments about my Q and A's. I'm sure we'll get more from this, but please give me your comments, give me your thoughts, and any other questions you may have on um, on any aspect of facial of, of facial fat grafting or anything else in plastic surgery. So know before you go, and again. It's great having you on Roik Knows Podcast and helping you become a better you. Enjoy.